Greetings, this is Miss Honeypot coming to you today with Real Creative Conversations, and I'm so excited to be here interviewing um, Dr. Amalia Dashe Gerbino, who is also one of my very close uh, childhood friends. Well, early 20 friends, not yeah. all the way childhood, but feels like childhood right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we are here to um, discuss and kind of flow on the topic of supposed light skin privilege. And I'll let um, Dr. Amalia kind of explain a little bit about her background and then I'll talk about my background and we'll just kind of let the conversation flow. Perfect. So, so yeah, um, I consider myself um, Afro-Cuban. So I'm both um, black and um, of Latin descent, Cuban um, specifically. So I came from Cuba, I was born in Cuba. And my parents are both Cuban, and we immigrated to the U.S. in the 1980s. And I grew up in a black and Latino neighborhood in Rochester, New York. Um, and when I think of uh, the term Afro-Cuban, uh, I, I say that instead of identifying as, like, Latina or Afro-Latina, I say Afro-Cuban because I want to acknowledge my blackness. So let's, like, I think that's so important, like, especially in talking about topics having to do with, like, colorism, which is, like, light-skinness, supposed light-skin privilege. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to acknowledge, like... I identify as black. I always have. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I identify with my ethnic roots, which are Cuban. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's very important. And so in that, we have to acknowledge the geographic contexts that are different. In the U.S., blackness and whiteness and in-betweenness, multiracialness is defined very differently than it is in, in Cuba. And so um, in Cuba, I'm considered a mulata, which is basically a biracial, a mixed-race uh, woman. Um, and that comes with particular types of characterizations, um, having to do with sexuality, having to do with hypersexuality, um, promiscuousness. Think about like the hot and top Venus, um, mm-hmm. Sarah Bartman. When you think about Sarah Bartman, her body, mm-hmm. the you know how how black women and, and mulatto women have been characterized in literature and film um, are typically this this idea of this tragic, the tragic mulata. Well, that's what I didn't talk about that last time tragic mulata which is that biracial women represent tragedy mm-hmm. because they they're, they're so crazy that they don't know they don't know that they know if they're black or white yeah. right and that's what when you think about the term mulata the term mule refers to being barren so they would they would fear like slave masters would say if you mix with a person if you mix outside of your race you're gonna have barren children you're gonna have mules as children so that's where they got mulata. It's basically, it's derogatory. Mm-hmm. It's a derogatory term saying this thing that was created between two races is basically a monster. Mm-hmm. And so I can I can slide right in yeah. with that one. Yeah. Because, um, you know, so, um, and a quick plug, you know, check me out at thehoneypotmethod.com or my Instagram handle, thehoneypotmethod. So I um, consider myself also to be an African-American black woman, but I was um, born to a Caucasian Scottish descent mother and an African-American father who I use that term loosely. Um, my father has black Indian in him, um, you know, and other things that I really don't know because obviously I'm an American and we don't really have that close kind of tie in connection with what our actual roots are. Um, but so I am considered biracial or multiracial and, um, you know, basically I'm a fair, a lighter skinned um, black woman. And so in, in talking about, um, being barren, I'm definitely not barren. I have four children. <laughs> I know. And if you, and if you need to, if you're working on having children, come to the honeypot, we can help. Um, but 
the context of, so I, I don't want to just dismiss light skin privilege. I think we want to just kind of pick through it and, yeah. and talk about what, yeah. Just, complicated a little bit because most things that are social are complicated. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we're complicated as humans. Yeah. Of course, when we come together. We're multifaceted. We're more, we have multifaceted things. Right. It's not this simple. It's like, you just got light skin privilege. Like, yeah. Right. What is that? So, really? and I want to acknowledge that. So I have, you know, noticed in certain situations in my life and dynamics where I have had different opportunities open up to me or certain things be different between me and darker skinned women. Um, but I, can I completely put that on light skin? Not necessarily. It may be on intelligence. It may be on articulation. It may be on background. You know, there could be a lot of other, fa- other factors. Now I know when I'm dealing with um, Caucasians, honestly, specifically, not even just Caucasians, but just people in general, I feel like as a black woman, I am a little bit more approachable because of my appearance. Mm-hmm. Not just my appearance, though, because of my conversation, because of my intellect, yeah. because of my articulation, those well, things. I mean, so it's, it's not like, just about light skin. I think dark skinness, it, 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 it reads as unapproachable mm-hmm. right because when you think about the spectrum of blackness and whiteness like the darker you are the more foreign the more othered you are in society and mm-hmm. so it's it represents that to not just white people but to other black people too mm-hmm. you know to other people of color too like that dark skin represents something that has a lot to do with the white imagination it has yeah. nothing to do with black folks but yeah. we take on those same characteristics because we live in a society that we don't we aren't conscious of how whiteness is a part of how we think about beauty and how we think about ourselves and how we are um how we need to come up with our own ways to category uh, categorize beauty and how we see ourselves and and it's got to be outside of this colonial way we we understand race yeah and I definitely feel like you know like I said there there have been certain things I do feel like I'm more approachable which just naturally kind of gives me more opportunities to communicate which communication is key right so if we can't communicate with people we there there can't be a connection made to even explore any opportunity and so I feel like you know during my lifetime I've definitely um my communication along with my appearance I know has definitely opened some doors for me but also it's been a source of contention um with me and other um other black people. Now, you know, I definitely, like I said, I identify as black, black people. I really feel at home with them. I feel like, you know, this is, this is who I am. This is my roots. This is the root of who I am. Even though I was raised in a, in a white household with a white mother, um, you know, I just definitely felt more accepted by black people than, than white people. I mean, that's just the bottom line. However, within that acceptance, I definitely experienced, um, some tension and some bullying, you know, around the fact of assumptions. Oh, you have it easy. Oh, you don't understand. Oh, because you have this type of hair. Oh, not everybody's can just wake up and do this and that. And not every, you know, some people have to spend time on their appearance. Like, and, and then not only that with, so the personal kind of feeling of, you know, um, rejection mm-hmm. from, from kind of all sides. Right. Mm-hmm. But then also, you know, feeling objectified and sexualized because of, you know, my appearance or my, the way that my, the way that I present and how it fits into the spectrum of what is considered beauty and what's considered attractive. And honestly, I can remember from a very young age feeling very anxious and very panicked to go into spaces where there were men, even the opposite sex, even boys, you know, feeling like, Hey, red bone, Hey, light skin. Hey, so I felt 
really it that created a self-worth issue as well because it's like okay well you're paying attention to the outside but do you know that I have a brain yeah you know that I have a personality you know I have morals you know I have you know other things that make me beautiful besides just my external external. yeah absolutely and of course you know this could this could very well sound like light skin privilege to someone who you know grew up in a way that they were never made to feel attractive because I've heard that I've, I've really kind of taking time to you know just be involved and in the black light skin privilege and there's light skin privilege with social attraction right like yes. you're, you're you're socially attractive mm-hmm. you can be light skin and not socially attractive not all light skin women are attractive no. socially right mm-hmm. so i think there's some dark skin women that are attractive socially yeah think about um um there's you know there's a bunch of freaking darker skin women who gabrielle union mm-hmm. darker skin brown skin woman mm-hmm. very very attractive right yeah Lights, there's some light skinned women that can't don't hold the candle to Gabrielle Union. Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's social attraction and there's light skinnedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they don't always, they're not necessarily interchangeable. Yeah. And I think it's very important to be mindful and observant of the divisions that we're placing on ourselves, within ourselves, and then kind of looking, you know, what we want racism and oppression and all these different types of different categorizations or labels to stop from other people and for to not be oppressed but are we oppressing ourselves aren't we oppressing ourselves by attaching all these assumptions to you know oh your experience wasn't it's like we we have a competition for who had the worst plight yeah you know yours mine was worse than yours yeah mine's worse we call it oppression olympics Mm. almost right so it's like okay your oppression olympics it's like race gender class sexuality Mm. like well Mm -hmm. if i'm a if i'm this this is i'm more oppressed not necessarily more oppressed is that you experience oppression multiple ways yeah yeah it's not that you're more obvious you experience it multiple ways women who black women women of color who supposedly have light skin privilege experience oppression in multiple ways it's not better mm-hmm. or worse it's just different yeah. yeah and i think that's the point of this podcast and we're, we're really trying to convey this message of light skin privilege supposed light skin privilege comes with other forms of oppression that aren't necessarily yes tap you can't tap into it if you're not if you don't have that identity yes and, and so it looks like privilege from the outside but it really isn't and yeah. again this is specific to this colorism category we're not talking about white people privilege we're talking about male privilege we're talking about supposed light skin privilege in the, in the black brown community yes yep and i think it's important to talk about it and address it because i think that you know, it's 2018. There's a lot of mixed people in the world, you know, and I think a lot of people, if we have experienced this and we're feeling this, I think it's safe to say that, you know, we represent a certain demographic of light-skinned women who kind of feel rejection, you know, from various different angles and feel oppressed and feel objectified and feel sexualized. And, you know, this is not at all to, to try and be like running my oppression Olympics of oh I this and I'm that and I'm you know I have such a hard life because I'm overly sexualized but you know what it's definitely been a thing it's definitely been an issue yeah like you know I literally can remember even recently just like if I pull up to a gas station and you know there's a line in there and they're mostly men like I'm 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 anxious yeah I don't want to go in there I don't want them to stare at me I don't want yeah. them to to you know, yeah. oh, she's so beautiful. Look at her. Attention, and it's yeah. not even, it's not even, oh, she's so beautiful. It's like, oh, look at that. And I, yes. you know, and I hate that. Oh, you look exotic. Yeah. Oh, you look, you know, where are you from? What are you? Yeah. What? That's the what do you mean? I'm a human being. What are you? Yeah. No, but then you get that dumb shit all the time. And that's the thing. It's like, 
you know, so I think that like, like Amalia has mentioned, you know, the point of this is just to open up the conversation to really kind of not necessarily level the playing field, but just make, bring an awareness around the fact that, you know what, we all, every single human being on this planet is contending with something, you know, let's not create or continue to perpetuate these supposed labels and, 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 you know, definitions on something as shallow as color, as color, so shallow shade and hue. Yeah. That's so, that's so, you know, I, a lot of, actually, you know, a lot of bigger part of my twenties, I want I would be trying to stay in the sun. I want to be darker. Yeah. Even now, like it's a joke. Like I'd be like, I'm brown skin. You know, I'm brown skin. People be like, no, you're not. You're high yellow. You're high yellow. You know? And it's like, well, yeah, there's that, that's, there was that whole thing of like how black you're not black enough. Yeah. Feeling that you're never going to be black enough. And that's the other thing too, the comparing of, you know, well, this is what blackness is. So you're not black if you didn't go through that. Yeah. You're not yeah. black. If, if, if you didn't experience, you know, abuse as a culture. Now, that's a whole nother podcast. I'm not going to dump, but I will give a little teaser to, to stay tuned because we're going to be discussing things like that. Abuse as a cultural norm. That's definitely something that I need to approach and something that I want to talk about my own personal experience and journey with. And I think it's important. I think when, in the topics that we'll talk about moving forward, I mean, we'll always have these two perspectives of like, okay, Megan usually comes from this very personal, and I have a personal, but I also like to think about it from the social from at the social level, the societal level, what's actually happening with, you know, assumptions of what the black community consists of or assumptions of privilege when it comes to the black brown community at the social, political, economic level, right? Mm-hmm. I like that macro level, what's happening? Because that's what my research is about, most of it, yeah. when it comes to education. But we have to have the personal, too. I think there's like the personal lived experience components, which Megan talks a lot about in relation to spirituality, in relation to, to, to finding your true mindfulness, self. And mindfulness, connection to yourself. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's really key within understandings of what's happening at the micro level, mm-hmm. which is why we both say like, yeah, we identify as black women at the same time. We know that because of the way whiteness and the white supremacy works, it's tricky when it comes to different people, people with different skin hues and tones mm-hmm. and features and phenotypes. It's complicated. Yep. But it doesn't mean that it's just straight privilege. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, definitely. And I think that, you know, the more that we, and of course I'm going to go into my individual, you know, being connected to self and really, you know, the more positive and, and healthy you are as an individual self, the more healthy and positive we can be as a whole self, as a community, as a collective mm-hmm. um, of human beings, not just a race. Like yeah. I'm, I'm looking beyond that. I'm looking like, let's come together well, as more humanity. Than, more than just the category, the colonial category that was thrust upon us yeah. by colonizers. Mm-hmm. We are more than that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. We acknowledge the colonial, colonial condition, but we are more than just woman, just black, just Latina, just working class, just, you know, mm-hmm. just of this, mm-hmm. just of that. Like, we are infinite, just mm-hmm. like the universe, right? Exactly. We, we are complex exactly. in so many different ways. There's so many different things that make exactly. us who we are. Yeah. And I can tell you, you know, in, in my experience, you know, there's certain times, and that's the other thing I think we have to be really careful about making generalizations and making assumptions, you know, and it's something that I used to do. I'll admit, you know, oh, white people, you know, white people do this and white people do that. Not, no, they don't. Not all white people don't. No. Because yeah. you know what? 
there, there I have I have come into contact connected with a lot of white people who really touch my spirit and soul and heart. Yeah, absolutely. And I've come into contact with some black people who were fucking assholes. Let's yeah. just be frank. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So the thing is, is that at the end of the day, what does privilege really mean? Privilege in what? Yeah. Oh yeah. What's a privilege? Yo, and I didn't talk about my contacts, right? So when so I'm being both of African descent and of Latin descent. I have two kind of racial ethnic worlds I live in, right? I live in the black world in the U.S. and I also live in the Latina world because my parents are immigrants. We, my first language is Spanish. So think about this light skin privilege in the Latino community. I'm not light skinned That doesn't exist. No, you're dark. I'm, you're a, I'm, I'm basically of African descent. So I'm on the other side. I don't have the Latino light skin privilege because I don't look like Sofia Vergara or freaking Penepoli, 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 what's her name? Who, Penelope? Penelope Cruz. Penelope Cruz. Or freaking uh, Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. I don't look like them. Those yeah. are not the Latinas I look like. And because yeah. I look like a more darker, you know... Blacker. Blacker yep. Latina, I didn't get privilege on that side. Mm-hmm. I got oppression. I got not feeling attractive enough for Latinos and mm-hmm. Latin, in the Latino communities. But in the black community, there was that privilege. The privilege mm-hmm. was heightened because it's like, oh, in this mm-hmm. community, it does seem like... The the you know black men were more attracted to me because of my skin color. Oh, color. great, wonderful! At the same time, it came with a lot of objectification, mm-hmm. a lot of infantilization, being infantilized, not feeling like I was ever a full, seen like a few a full human, grown adult woman, mm-hmm. always treated like you're a kid, mm-hmm. like you're a child mm-hmm. because you're attractive because you're. It's kind of like the whole dumb blondes. Yeah. We always make assumptions about dumb blondes. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's the same way you think light skinned women are just just pretty. Yeah. That's, and that's ridiculous. Yeah, and that's one of the, and I think, you know, and I, I don't think I know subconsciously, that's one of the reasons why I cut all my hair off because, especially coming from the north, so we're, I'm also from Rochester, New York, born and raised, and, you know, we were talking about this too, regionally, there tends to be a lot of mixed race um, children that were born in, in that region. And so, you know, it, being mixed and kind of light skinned was kind of like a norm for me when I was growing up in my hometown. Then when I moved to the South, I mean, it was ridiculous. I would get pulled, I would get stopped in the store. Can I touch your hair? Can I, can I do this? And, and, you know, just very, it was, it's, it can be very awkward to be kind of just gaped at, you know what I mean? Just stared at, ogled and just feel very, you know, it's like extra attention. Like you're under the microscope. Yes. You're under a microscope. And Again, I know, I realize how this might sound to some people like, oh, that's a real bad problem to have being so pretty that everybody, like, no, it's, it, it sounds. Well, didn't Beyonce do that song, Pretty Hurts? Yeah, exactly. I that's mean, exactly I think that's what about. I think what she's talking about, right? Yeah. Like, Cause, uh, let's pretty, be honest, Beyonce has, Beyonce has light skin privilege too. Oh, absolutely. I mean, come on. But she's also a black woman. She's a black woman. Doing her, doing, her damn, doing her damn but thing. She's a rich, 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 wealthy ass capitalist black woman. Yeah, sure, but that's okay. 100%. But that's alright. 100%. But hey, we all ain't gonna be Angela Davis. Right. We all have the, we all liberated enough to figure out what it is, how it is we want to be. Yeah, be, being poor is not pious. I don't believe in it. I don't believe in no. poverty. There's, you have choices. We all have choices. Um, but like I said, that's, that's not even, we're not gonna touch on that right now. But um, I think, yeah, so I think that, you know, the bottom line that we're really trying to come kind of give the message is that, you know, it's, it's time for, you know, number one, for the space to be made for all perspectives. And then number two, it's time for the space to be made to stop, stop it, to, to really start to see ourselves as one race, humanity. 
Well, I, mean, we, I, I think we need to just not be so quick to judge, especially when it's, I mean, because I think what we're talking about too is like the privileges that we get at this like interpersonal level. The privileges, the privileges that we get within our communities, dating, uh, talking to people. We're not talking about like grand scale privilege you get to like jump into like generational wealth. That's not what we're talking about. I ain't never seen no light skinned person jump into generational wealth like that. Because I mean, they, okay, they were light skinned. Cause just because just they were light skinned. Don't even go about Bruno Mars. Don't talk to me about Bruno Mars, please. That conversation is dead, done. <laughs> Stupid and dumb. He's not black because he's Puerto Rican. Is he Brazilian though? He's something else. That's he's man. Puerto Rican. He's well, brown. Po- Puerto Ricans are black too. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. That's a dumb point. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, I'm, 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 off, that. I'm off. I'm off. I'm off. I'm off on a tangent. Right? Okay. Like, but yeah. So so we're gonna wrap the podcast up. Um, we just wanted to again. The name of this podcast and see this is the thing. You know this this podcast isn't for everybody. And you know what? If it's not for you, that's fine. You know, I, I still love you anyway. Thank you for listening up until this point. Yeah, uh, to even point. hearing it. You know, but if you if you are vibing with us and and you know you're kind of interested in authenticity and realness and rawness and talking about things that people don't want to talk about tiptoe around about this is the podcast for you real creative conversations the concept behind it is number one is real truth always remains number one and, and the truth truth to you yeah the truth my to truth. me my truth and you're not gonna be your truth. Truth. exactly exactly and we're not trying to tell people okay this is what we want you to do but we just want you to think through how it is you see Yeah, what is it? What things? is your position, right? What is your position and on so how So what's you... real for you? What's yes. authentic for you? So what's your individual truth? And then creative conversations is really about what are we creating? What are we creating with our thoughts? Yeah. What are we creating with our programming? What are we creating with our action? What are we creating with our words? Creative conversations. Really, what are we creating with our words? So, you know, again, the, the intention of this podcast is just bring it, bring the issue to light. Um, hopefully this, you know, has inspired someone or motivated someone or provoked a conversation even, you know, that's, yeah, that's help great. Them think. Yeah. Help, help, them think. help someone think through understanding yeah. when someone tells you, you have light skin privilege or when you think you have light skin privilege, when, like, when someone, how much privilege is it really? Yeah. And show me the research. Yeah. Show me the research studies that tell me how much privilege light skin people, right? Cause then you got to look at, well, how do we even define light skinness? What are you gonna do a test? Now we're doing paperback tests like we did in the freaking 1900s? Yeah. The hell is going on here, people? Oh, yeah. And I feel, you know, again, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just gonna not even bring that back up because I think I, I don't remember because honestly, this is the second time we recorded this podcast. Yes. Um, someone called my phone and interrupted the first time and <laughs> they'll never call my phone again. Um, so, but yes, God. So, um, yeah, I was up. This is my first one. This yeah, this is this is, is the first, first one. one. So thank you so much for tuning in and and uh, valuing uh, what we have to say. And uh, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate. It. We know you could be doing anything else in the world. Um, again, check out um, my Instagram, the Honeypot Method. My website, the Honeypot Method, um, which is a mindful, holistic approach to vaginal steaming along with um, tons of other great ways to connect with yourself and really heal yourself and tools to assist you and guide you on your personal development journey. Thank you so much. Have a good night or day or wherever you're doing. Yes, God. Bye. Bye.